Hello, welcome to Carmelite Conversations. This is Frances Harry. We have the pleasure of having a presentation by Mark Olson, who is a member, a founding member of the Secular Order of Discalced Carmelites in Dayton, Ohio. His talk is called Engaging the World, but Not of the World. He gives us several examples from the lives of Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection, famous for practicing the presence of God, General Gaston de Sonis, who's not as well known, but who, whose cause for beatification was introduced, and from Holy Mother St. Teresa of Avila. I hope you will enjoy this and learn how we can, as Carmelites, as Catholics, as Christians, engage the world but not be of the world. God bless. Um, before we look at how to engage in the world, I think we need to answer the question, do we need to engage the world? On that note, I'd like us to begin with a prayer that I've slightly adapted from a prayer attributed to St. Teresa. So let's pray in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Lord God, help us to always remember Christ has no body but ours, no hands, no feet on earth but ours. Ours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on his world. Ours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Ours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Ours are the hands, ours are the feet, ours are the eyes, ours are his body. Christ has no body now but ours. Amen. I started with that prayer because sometimes I think we equate not being with the world uh, with withdrawing into our own little sanctuary, our own little cloister. But the evangelist tells us that though we do not belong to the world, we are sent into the world. We are called to be witnesses and to bring the good news to those in darkness. From St. Teresa's prayer that we just prayed, we are called to be the arms, feet, and body of Christ here on earth. That's our mission, as both as Catholics and Carmelites. So the first thing I want to do is uh, talk a little bit about Father Aloysius Dini and Welcome to Secular Carmelites. I think probably everyone has had this book in their formation. <laughs> Excuse me. But uh, what does Father Dini say about secular Carmelites? As he, Father Dini traces the beginning of the secular orders to St. Francis, Father Dini says, it was St. Francis of Assisi who understood, even if only intuitively, that the way to weave the, spiritual, the spirituality of his new religious family into the fabric of daily life was through the establishment of an order of laypersons or diocesan clergy who lived in the world and faced the daily struggles of Christian life. While descri describing the differences between the monastic life and the mendicant orders, uh, he goes on to say, basically, roughly and only in the broadest way, one might say that the involvement of lay persons with monastic life was to bring those persons in the world into the spirituality of the monastery, and the involvement of the lay persons with mendicant life was to bring the spirituality of the mendicant orders into the life of the lay persons in the world. So then Father Dini sums it up pretty nicely by saying, you are not called nor moved by the Holy Spirit to be simply members of an order in order to share in the spiritual privileges of your Carmelite identity. You are called to be agents of what Carmel has to offer the world through its spiritual heritage. So it's pretty obvious that Father Dini is calling us to engage the world and remain in God while being in the world. Uh, as he said, by definition, as seculars, we are in the world. 
not withdrawn to a cloister, don't live in a monastery religious community. We have families and we live in the world and all that entails. So having established that we need to be in the world, now how to be not of the world? How do we remain in God? I know that we talk a lot about how things are today, that life is too busy and there are too many distractions, but this is not a new problem. People have been talking about this for a long time. Except, for example, the prophet Amos, 2,800 years ago, lamented, hear this, you who trample upon the needy and destroy the poor of the land. When will the new moon be over, you ask, that we may sell our grain and the Sabbath, that we may display the wheat? We will diminish the ephah and add to the shekel and fix our scales for cheating. So this whole idea of the world and how, uh, and the faults in the world are nothing new. And people have been so, given that, looking at what the saints have to say throughout the ages will, will be germane to us. So first part I want to, first uh, I turn to Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection and Practicing the Presence of God. Um, again, Tim did a great job, so I'm probably going to be repeating a lot of what he said, but uh, just as a quick refresher, Brother Lawrence lived in France during the 17th century. He was born in 1614 and died in 1691. When he was 18, he had a profound encounter with Christ, but yet instead of going into religion, he went into the military life. He fought in the Thirty Years' War and during that time was engaged in uh, destructive activities, probably, you know, we'd say atrocities, and was captured by the Germans and then wounded before returning home. It was then that he decided to join the Carmelites at the age of 26. During his time in Carmel, he served as cook for more than 15 years. He suffered from gout and when he could no longer work in the kitchen, he became a sandal maker for the monastery. These jobs required him to go out into the world. He had to go out and buy the wine for, uh, for his monastery and that he'd be out on weeks on this journey. So, and so he had to, to do business. He had to be part of the business world in that. He had to interact with other merchants. So through this, uh, Brother Lawrence is best known for his practicing the presence of God. In chapter two of his spiritual maxims, he describes it as the, like this. During our work and other activities, even during our reading and writing, no matter how spiritual, and I emphasize even during our religious exercises and vocal prayers, we must stop for a moment as often as possible to adore God in the depths of our hearts, to savor him even though in passing and stealthily. We all here are at different stages of life. Some are retired, some are still working, some have children, some, some have children still at home, some have grandchildren, some have both kids at home and grandchildren. So our work and our other obligations may not allow us to have as much prayer time as we want or get to daily mass. I think we all can agree that this simple practicing the presence of God is something that we all can do while being in the world. Another thing that I found in uh, Brother Lawrence was uh, he was focused on finding God in the ordinary. In his fourth conversation he said he found no better way to approach God than by the ordinary works required in his case by, in his case by obedience, purifying them as much as he could from all human respect 
and doing them for the pure love of God. So, whether it's doing dishes, cleaning the house, working on a spreadsheet, or writing a report, don't complain of the drudgery, do it for the pure love of God. I think this is another practice that we all, no matter what, can uh, engage in. Before we leave Brother Lawrence, I found this section in the general introduction to the book, uh, to the book very interesting. Brother Lawrence's virtue never made him harsh. He was open, eliciting confidence, letting you feel you could tell him anything that you had found a friend. The more closely you looked, the more you discovered in him a depth of integrity and piety rarely found elsewhere. He was not one of those inflexible people who consider sanctity incompatible with ordinary manners. He associated with everyone and never put on airs, acting kindly toward his brothers and friends without wanting to be conspicuous. I think that pretty much exemplifies charity. We all can be kind and polite to our neighbors and fellow workers, even those we don't really like. Some of you knew Father Dave Brinkmuller. He had the gift of when Father Dave was talking to you, you just knew that you were his favorite parishioner and that you had his full attention. It sounds like Father, or like Brother Lawrence had that same gift. You not be able to achieve the same level of being that present to someone, but I think we can all try. So the big points I think we can take from Brother Lawrence are practicing the presence of God, finding God in the ordinary, and showing charity to all. So next, I'll move on to uh, who wasn't a religious. In fact, they were a secular Carmelite. Louis Gaston de Solonis was a French general who lived from 1825 to 1887. I believe, Colleen, did you say that his canonization process had started? It started, but it's stalled. Nothing's stalled. Yeah, stalled. But at any rate, uh, most of this stuff comes from this book that I think Colleen also uh, showed. Uh, it's a biography of his. Um, so at any rate, here was a man who lived out his Carmelite life while being in the military and married and had a family. It's a fascinating story, uh, too much to go over everything here, but I just want to focus on a couple ways he lived out his life. First was his piety. He was a devout Catholic and did not let his career interfere with his faith. If observing his faith put his promotion in jeopardy, so be it, he was gonna follow his faith. During his life, religion was not popular. When he entered the military at college at St. Cyr, his autobiographer said, believing Catholics were rare and those who practiced their religion were more rare still. If during this time he would go at St. Cyr, he would go to Paris, the first thing he would do was go to a, uh, find a priest and go to confession and communion. And he uh, was amiable to his fellow officers but did not indulge in their frivolous pastimes. He also exhibited charity to, in all his de dealings with others. While he was strict with his soldiers, he was fair in his treatment of them, and they respected his religious feelings, including the least religious of them. His charity extended to those enemies he fought after, after he fought. After battle, he, where he was victorious, he made sure that a mass was said for all the dead, not just for the soldiers on his side. So from Gaston de Sonis, we see courage of conviction, to practice faith even if it's inconvenient, 
and show charity to all. Uh, my last example was uh, St. Teresa of Avila. And St. Teresa has so much to tell us about prayer and whatnot, and I was wondering, what can we learn about living in the world? When then I remembered her book of foundations. And uh, if you haven't studied this yet, uh, I suggest that we, you go through it, because there you'll find here was this nun and all the things she had to do in founding her, her uh, monasteries, her convents. She had to deal with lawsuits. She had to deal with all church politics. She had to deal with uh, fights between other orders who didn't want another, uh, someone else begging in their area. Um, she had to deal with dowries. She had to, you know, she had to do all this uh, stuff that would just make you, like any business, like any, anyone in business. Yet through it all, uh, she still practiced detachment. She still had confidence in God. She had charity. Uh, so from that we can, those are the things we can take from St. Teresa. And there's a quote in here um, where it said that it wasn't, these things did not hinder her growth in, uh, in charity, but it is simply is because she had to go through these and experience these that she grew in sanctity. So that's another thing to remember when we're going through, uh, having all these obstacles, staying true to God, and uh, that is what really leads us to growth and sanctity. So I don't have anything specific to daily life, but I don't think that you need that. I think we need to focus on the major themes, and then everyone has to work out their own uh, their own way through that. One of the things that St. Teresa had was detachment, and I will just share this kind of uh, how I'm taking baby steps in detachment. When I watch my Packers or Badgers playing, <laughs> you, you might not recognize Mark in front of the TV, let's just say. <laughs> my sister-in-law was, was with us last year, and she didn't recognize me. So what I started doing is I wait and find out the, I record the game, and if they've won, I can watch the game and know everything comes out right, and if they don't, I just don't watch. <laughs> My blood pressure is much, much uh, better.